Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Uh, we are going to move off the COVID talk because we've got some unfortunate news to pass along if you've not heard. Canadian comedian Norm Macdonald has passed away at the age of 61 after a nine-year battle with cancer. Uh, Many of you that uh, watched Norm Macdonald on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live are well aware of the fact that uh, he openly took shots at uh, Don Olmeyer, who was a huge uh, power broker at NBC at that time, Uh, one of Don Olmeyer's buddies, O.J. Simpson. And uh, I would suggest that some of McDonald's appearances on the late night shows are amongst the funniest bits you will ever see. Uh, Was he politically incorrect at times? Absolutely. And there was a time in which that was embraced uh, by comedians. I know I've had this conversation with Ken Reed, who used to join us on Trainwreck Tuesdays, whose brother is an actual comedian. There was a time in which comedians, especially on late night shows, poked funds at both, uh, you know, took shots at both uh, right wing politics and left wing politics. Of course, that becomes problematic today in a virtue signaling world, but uh, Norm MacDonald, gone too uh, soon, uh, passes away at the age of 61. Funny, funny man. What was the one line? Uh, of all the Heisman Trophy winners to have committed double homicide, that one always had me kind of chuckling a bit. And uh, I, I remember, as we're going to bring in Sportsnet spec Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live thoroughbred racing each Friday and Sunday night at the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Full fan access. You can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com as well. Post time, 6.15. Uh, he did do that White House dinner. Norm MacDonald did the White House dinner one time. He did the ESPYs and uh, concluded, I mean, it was just, an. he just destroyed it at the ESPYs, like an eight-minute run, and concluded it with uh, an O.J. Simpson uh, shot at the end. And I will never forget, Speck, during our days on Total Sports and another station at another time, we had Daryl Mookie Mitchell in studio. And I point blank asked Mookie, I said, do you think O.J. did it? And he looked at me and said, Bob, I don't know if he done it, but he know who done it. <laughs> and we just looked at each other. We're like, wow. Uh, but uh, sad with Norm McDonald because he was a funny, he was a little bit offbeat, but he was a funny dude, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Just a, he was a comedic genius, right? You know, SNL, let's face it, a regular spot on SNL is uh, really the peak of the 
you know, the comedians trade, and he was one of the, you know, they've run through a lot of people on that show, but there's one name that stands out among the best of them. Uh, very sad Canadian, yeah. you know, just just uh, another real good Canadian export that went down to the States and made his his fortune and fame. And uh, 61, Bob, that's uh, far too young. Far yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, this text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. COVID-19 has emptied hockey, hockey rinks for a year and shortened the season. Uh, not sure you can separate them. And I bring that point up because uh, I know that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I saw something today. The Calgary Flames are completely vaccinated. WHL teams are vaccinated. We're not going to 100% know until guys start missing games and it's going to be an issue because of border situations and and so it is going to be you know uh, part of part of the storyline here carrying forward unfortunately now all that so we've you know somebody said ah Stoffer, you're not qualified to bring up numbers or say anything i always, I always get a chuckle out of that kind of stuff uh because usually what happens is it means the guy disagrees with the inference of where i'm coming from so if i'm coming from the school of thought hey there's a solution to our challenge to allow us to, to get back to normal. Maybe you might want to uh, to work with the solution that's in place. I think when I get pushback on that, I think I know what side of the ledger uh, that those individuals come on. So well, go ahead, Mark. I, I think, Bob, that we're going to, you know, we've seen the template in other sports. We've seen it in baseball. We've certainly yep. seen it in football. Um, you know, we've seen head coaches and managers and, and people that run the teams urging all their players to be vaccinated so that they can count on the team they're going to put on the field or court or diamond every day and hockey will be no different you know ken holland and dave tippett uh, are both going to want all their players vaccinated because it just makes everyone's you know it just it it 98 eliminates uh the possibility of going through something like the canucks went through last year so uh what we'll see is what we've seen in other sports if the flames have come out and said we're 100 percent vaccinated that's great uh, until we hear, you know, Bob, that the Edmonton Oilers will make a, a very similar proclamation as soon as they can make it. And if they don't make it, well, then their silence will tell us that yeah. there are players that aren't vaccinated yeah. and, and they can't force their players to be vaccinated. But they, I'll tell you right now, they sure would love to make the same announcement that the Calgary Flames well, made. Well, I don't know if it was an announcement from Calgary or if it was a tweet from a Calgary-based media personality. I saw it while I was over at the in-between transitioning from the arena back over here to 630 Chad so uh, but it's something you want you know you know it's, it's something that's a, frankly going to become a competitive edge almost um, because we saw what happened to teams that COVID ran through last year well you know it, it decimated them you know it's 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 interesting Mark and I'm going to transition back like look at the success of Alabama football and how they kept that issue they had they didn't have anybody pull out a plane last season. They had all their guys play. And Nick Saban got it. He's an older guy in his late sixties, but they I mean that's a that's a program that's got like hundred and fifty to two hundred and twenty five guys around the program on a daily basis. And they walked it last year. And um you look at the Ravens in the NFL. They had issues all last season. They've already had issues this year in the training camp. Then they got injuries and Timing was off with some of their guys last night. Maybe they were just not that good after the injuries, but they squandered a 14-point lead for the first time in I don't know how long. That's a team that closes out a lot of games with a quarterback, by the way, Spec. He's the only quarterback in NFL history um, to have thrown for 5,000 yards, rushed for 2,500 yards, 
and had over 30 wins as a starter in his first three NFL seasons. So that's a winning program, but they've had some battles with that challenge. And I'm going to be really intrigued to see, is this the year it catches up with them? All right, let's switch focus right here, right now. You wrote a piece about, uh, you had a one-on-one conversation with Ken Holland. You gleaned and gathered some information from him. What's the, uh, you know, spec from your perspective, what's the central tenant themes of your conversation with Ken Holland? I think I think Holland looks at his team now, and he he says, "Okay, you know, I, the first year I got here, I was taking over Shirelli's team, and you know, we know he, he signed all these guys on one-year deals. Uh, the second off-season that he had, he was still cap crunched, and he you know tried to get the goalie, he couldn't. Uh, he you know made a few moves, and I would say to you, Bob, that that considering that you know he kind of walked into a tough cap situation." Uh, they've had excellent regular season success the last two years, obviously zero in the playoffs. So get all his theme now, as he said to me, he said, the time is now. And when he says the time is now, I'm not going to tell you that he's saying we need to, you know, it's time now to win a Stanley Cup. But I think what he's saying, Bob, is he, this last offseason, he's had some flexibility and he had the ability to go out and sign some guys. And other than his goalie situation, he was able to address a lot of things on his team. And I think he's saying to you, saying to the fans that, okay, this is where we go from being 12th and 11th to you know a single digit in the NHL team to to fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever it is, and to be a team now that that you know has success in the playoffs. We've had our two missteps in the playoffs. We've had our our difficult cap times. Uh, they're behind us now, and it's time to step forward. It's time to become a contender. And I think that's what he expects out of his team. They hope to make the playoffs the first year. I think they expected to last year. Uh, now the expectations are, you know, playoff success and not just one round ball. Well, realistically, Mark, they were within three points of Las Vegas when we got shut down in uh, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. They finished second in the division in Canada last year. Okay. Neither of those two years was there an expectation that they'd finish that highly. Most pundits had the orders fifth or sixth um, in the Canadian division. I know I had them in the playoffs. Uh, and then the year, but you know what? I work, I work for the orders entertainment group. I, and I didn't always, you know, I could like 10, 11 season, 11, 12. Yeah. You're in the middle of a rebuild at that point. It's a little bit, you're, you're the, the, where you're trying to get to, you're trying to grow and develop your program out. I, I concur. Like I look at this Pacific division this year and I think my expectation is all season long, the Edmonton Oilers will compete for top spot in the division. They're also in a division. San Jose is after years and years of having a, a really good club. I, I think they're paying for that now, Mark. Um, uh, Anaheim, I actually think Anaheim's going to be Anaheim's going to be going totally with kids here, and they've got John Gibson, but he's not the same guy he once was. L.A., L.A. might be able to push for the playoffs, um, but I in Seattle, I know a lot of people think, oh, they got they're going to have a really good team. Mm, let, let's see what happens in Seattle, Mark. I think it's Vegas and Edmonton duking it out for top spot, and I think Calgary and Vancouver are positioned well to be in the mix in that division. So I'm looking at this saying, if you can't make some hay this year, when is it going to happen? You've got That's the, fair. the Cali That's team. Fair. The Cali teams mark are down, and you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta get after it and and and, and grow. And the other thing is. I don't. I, I think you can grow your team and your program the way Slats did back in the 
early to mid-1980s during the course of the season because of the division you're playing in. Now, the wild card in this is if the goaltending goes right down the tank. Right. Well, if the goaltending goes down the tubes, you're going to have to trade a prospect and get a goalie. Yeah. There he you tried go. not to do that. He he backed off of a Darcy Kemper trade uh, because Sam Rukov, uh, Arizona wanted Sam Rukov. They didn't like that, Holland. So you know what? He could, in my opinion, that was a smart play. I, I'd like to see what you're trading in Sam Rukov a little bit before you start trading him away. But I think we can also say that they have a they clearly have in, in Bouchard, um, Broberg, and Sam Rukov. You know you've got. Four, you know, you have three really young, good defensive prospects here. Uh, if you had to peel one off one day, not probably Bouchard, but if you had to peel one off one day to get a good goalie, and that had to happen sooner than later, maybe that's a band-aid you got to rip off here. Um, I think he'd like to survive with his goaltending that he has. This goaltending, no one loves it. Bob, we've been on the air talking about it. Right? I'm not telling you that a 39-year-old and a 30, what is Koskinen now? 33. He's 33 and, and, and Smith's 39. Okay, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not. This is not the finished product. And I'm not, Mark, just so people know, like Stalock, they, I, he's a total wild card because because of the heart challenges he had last year, which may have been connected to COVID. They're not, you know, there, there is a belief that there is a, a significant Maybe. challenge there. The guy didn't play for a year. Like, I, right. like we don't know with him right now. Well, he's part of he's part of uh, a very wishy-washy goaltending situation in Edmonton. This goaltending situation is not going to be solved by the three guys we're talking about. Like, let's let's put it on the table, Bob. Well, it's going to have to be for this year, Mark. Well, up until the trade deadline, anyhow. Yeah, right. Up until the trade deadline, it's probably going to have to be. Now, you know, here's Cal Holland's problem. He could pluck a goalie after, near the end of training camp here because there's some teams with. You know, three goaltenders, right? Right. That can only keep two. But the problem is, he's got Koskinen's four and a half million, and the reason he hasn't been able to acquire a goaltender over the last two years, he, he tried for Markstrom uh, as a UFA, couldn't do it. But he's got it. You know, his cap is dictating he needs to move the Koskinen contract, and that's made the deals very complicated, and it's made them expensive. Because if I'm Bob, if if I'm trying to trade for your goalie. And I'm saying, okay, but you got to take Koskinen. And you're saying, well, if I'm taking Koskinen, I want Sam Rukov too, or I want something else, right? I want a first. Well, Mark, ju- ju- yeah. I just want to clarify a couple things, okay? What happened is the orders were in. My understanding is the orders were in on Camper. We know that. Um, the moment Colorado lost Grubauer, the intensity picked up on on Camper. Edmonton did make an offer. The Arizona Coyotes now have a scout by the name of Alan Heppel, who was at the top of the Colorado scouting food chain when they drafted Connor Timmons in the second round. My understanding is the Arizona Coyotes valued Connor Timmons more than Dmitry Samarukov. Okay? So I, okay. I, I just want to... And, and in order for the Oilers to have facilitated that move... Edmonton was going to need to work out something with Buffalo. Buffalo was going to need to take Koskinen because of the the money that was coming back the other way of Camper, and and so there is still a possibility, given that it's Buffalo, that maybe something could happen during the course of the year. But no matter what, whether it was going to be Camper back on July 28th or a goaltender during the course of the season, you're looking at moving the first round pick in order to get that guardian. Yeah, so it's getting less and less expensive. If if you know you're kind of 
you whistling past the graveyard and saying, okay, we're going with Koskinen and Smith and Staylock, let's say he's in Bakel, and we're hoping that, you know, Smith doesn't get hurt. And we're hoping that Koskinen can give us, you know, Koskinen, I'll say this, he's given you, you know, we've, we've pointed this out before, Bob, the Oilers team save percentage was like six in the NHL last year. So, you know, you can't, you can't just wave that away. Those two goalies gave you the sixth best save percentage in the league last year. And if you got that again this year, you'd be happy. But as we near the trade deadline, the price to move Koskinen's deal is less and less and less. By the time the trade deadline comes, it's a much easier deal to make because there's only a couple months left in the season and on that ticket. So if Koskinen and Smith can get you to the trade deadline, I would bet you right now, Bob, uh, a nice fat stake at Ruth's Chris, that when the playoffs begin, it will be Mike Smith and somebody else in the order's nets. Yeah, uh, and one of the things that's different this year than last year is the road games, you're in a stationary environment, right? You weren't playing back-to-back road games in different cities. You were playing two- and three-game series for the most part. This is going to test the goaltending more this year, Bob. You're correct. It's 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 a stiffer test on this tandem this year than last. No question. Mark Spector joining us. You can keep texting us at 780-496-0063. Ken Holland, the time is now. That's the piece. Uh, Brennan will retweet out the piece uh, that Speck has penned on uh, Sportsnet's uh, website. We're going to tell you that guests on the show, you heard Speck, he mentioned it, Roos Chris Steakhouse. They get gift certificates from Roos Chris. Brendan, I need the uh, the 2021-22 installment, (laughs) if you're listening. Uh, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It is truly the greatest steak gift. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. <laughs> Bob Stoffer, uh, Brennan Escott, Mark Spector with you. We'll take a 90-second timeout and return with Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. 12.52 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer along with Mark Spector. Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Presenting live thoroughbred racing Friday and Sunday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Full fan access. You can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time, 6.15. Spec, uh, rookie camp starts tomorrow. Keith Gretzky was on yesterday. Said we'd have an update at some point today on uh, possibly on Dylan Holloway. Uh, did not want to say anything at that time. That's uh, but, you know, there's, given that he had a scaphoid slash wrist issue um, that limited and eventually knocked him out of the lineup for uh, Wisco. Uh, suffered against Penn State. Uh, that is always concerning because Mark, as you know, it's uh, 
what what can happen with those wrist surgeries is sometimes you end up having to get another one. So that's that's a little bit unnerving at this stage. Uh, Sam Rukoff, you talked about him, could be a guy that uh, just because of the shoulder surgery that he had in late February, early March last year, we might be looking at another week or so before he gets back in. I know Jason Greger put that out today. So we'll see on the because these are a couple of guys we're going to want to watch at rookie camp. Obviously, Broberg on defense, Borgo, the first round pick. Where is he at? And then Konovalov, a five foot mark. It's, it's remarkable. And we look, Edmonton's got really intense fan base, and they're on top of it, and they know the team. I'm surprised. There are people. That, that I, I put out a top 10 list, Mark, about once every three months, and there are people that tweet at me, guys that are, I can tell they're, by who they follow and stuff, that they're on top of it, and they think Konovalov's the order's best prospect in the organization right now. I find that interesting. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's, Konovalov is the rare small goalie, Bob. That's a, you know, that's a, it's like a slow forward, right? It's a, it's a, almost extinct element in today's hockey. Like, yeah. Go go find me small goalies that, that are still good, you know. Yero Halak, an older guy, he's one. Kudobin, he's an older guy, he's one. Are How big's uh, Gorgiev? I don't think he's yeah, very... It, you know? He's not huge, okay. There's one. Uh, but, but I guess my point is, I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, let's watch the guy play. Let's see him develop. Yeah, I'm not saying he can't play. But I am saying if he does play, he'll be a rare find for the Edmonton Oilers. There's just not a lot of smaller guys. I'm quite uh, interested to see this guy in person, Bob. Yeah, and just on Alexander Georgiev, there is a belief. He's six foot one. There is a belief that he ultimately could be had out of the New York Rangers. Um, Shostorkin is their, you know, their obvious long-term goaltender of the future. Um, I. I don't know. Goalies, they're kind of they're, they're kind of like relief pitchers to me, Spec. You know what I mean? Unless you have the two or three best, there's windows where guys seem to be successful. And, yes. uh, you know, we have people saying, what about Stuart Skinner? You know, this guy was pretty good last year. So. Hey, goalies, like, I don't, you know, you don't really care where they, you drafted them, where they came from, what country they're from, frankly, how big they are. Uh, I just want you just want goalies that can play. I mean, and it's so difficult. I remember a few years ago the Calgary Flames had three guys in their system. I can't remember them all. Parsons was one. Mason McDonald. Mason McDonald was one. The kid is it was it uh, the big big kid that came out of college was one of those undrafted free agents was an important signing. I forget his name. Tall guy. Anyway. And, you know, they said, okay, we got three guys here. One of these guys is going to turn out and play. <laughs> well, none of them turned out and play, you know. Like, I'll ask you this, Bob. Would Doug Wilson be wearing a ring down in San Jose if they'd have kept that third stringer named Mika Kiprasov and not stuck with a first stringer named Evgeny Nabokov? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Kiprasov so- was a better goalie. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Flames had John Gillies. Right, that's the guy. That's, that's the, the guy. guy. A six foot six guy out of Providence, right? Who you know supposed to be great, right? Wasn't. And then uh, and then they also had Mason. So they uh, Gillies was a third round pick in 2012, and then the Flames got Mason McDonald the second round in 2014, and then they drafted another goaltender, Tyler Parsons, in the second round 
of 2016. So over a span of five years, they invested two seconds and one-third on a, a goaltender. And, uh, you know, in the case of Parsons, he was playing in the ECHL last year. I wouldn't say he... I mean, he's he's been a sub-900 save percentage guy in the American Hockey League. So the Oilers are sitting there. I mean, Spack, the Oilers are sitting there. They've done something kind of similar, right? Skinner was a third-round pick. I think Konovalov was a third-round pick. And Rodrigue, who's not a big guy either, was a second-round pick. And I think they're hoping... They're hoping that... Like, I, I think in Skinner's case, realistically... I wonder whether or not he could be a 20 to 25 game starter at the start of the 22-23 NHL season. If that happens, then then you can spend five to six million dollars on a number well, one goalie. Okay, you'll have, I'm gonna, well, you still have a year left on Smith's deal, I guess, because he's. That's my. I, I think that what what you've done when you sign Smith to a two year deal, in my opinion, you've effectively locked up your backup spot for two years. Yeah. Smith is clearly the number one here. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And he performed like a number one last year. But the plan and the intent is to go out and find a guy that is younger and probably better than Smith, frankly. I think if, you know, Ken Holland's not out in the market shopping for guys to be Smith's backup. He's shopping, you know, he was shopping for Darcy Kemper. He was shopping for, for Jacob Markstrom. So... What this does to guys like Skinner and Rodriguez and them, frankly, to me, in my eyes, the number two spot in Edmonton is sewn up for the next two years. It's the number one spot that might get fixed. Okay, Mark. That ain't going to be Skinner. All right, we're going to keep Spec on for another half hour. Quick text. I hate when people make the short assumption being short is literally the only reason, says this texter, I couldn't make it in hockey. And I got straight out told that by my coaches and scouts, etc. Height shouldn't make a difference. See, and in my case, it was because I lacked the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline. If I had had some of those factors. You were tall enough, Bob. And, and, and Mark, I could skate a little. I could, I could shoot. You're tall enough to skate. But, but yeah. you know what? I was nowhere near good enough. And all I need nowhere to near. do is look in the mirror to figure out why that was the case. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, more with Sportsnet Spec and Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.